Hey everybody and welcome uh, again to Big Black Girl Small Kink World. It's the new year. We made it. 2020 was a beast and 2021 I hope it's a little bit more kind. Um so this is the first episode of the new year. It's with my my good friend Accent. Um and he's going to be talking to us about sadism and dominance and how those things mix how they're different how they how they can be used separately it's going to be really interesting um there is a bit of a thick accent (laughs) so i hope you can hear you can follow along um and you might need to change your panties because it is a very hot accent (laughs) um so yeah guys uh thank you so much for joining me um happy new year let's get started Let's jump right in. Thank you for doing this, by the way. Of course. Glad to be on here. Uh, happy birthday to your fabulous podcast. Yes, thank you. <laughs> a year of uh, wonderful, kinky things for the world. Yes, yes. It's very important that uh, we do both the wonderful and the kinky things, especially for the world. That's what I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so accent, like tell me like just a little bit about like how you identify like what your titles are all that stuff basically uh mainly i identify as obviously i say this um that's 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 why i'm here i would assume (laughs) um but uh yeah uh as much as i enjoy inflicting pain i do have you know other sides to my kind of personality if you will when it comes to especially kink things um, one of the main aspects of which would definitely be uh, being a daddy dominant, um, which, of course, doesn't necessarily fall so much into that pain spectrum necessarily. Um, but I would say is, you know, pretty major part of my my kink existence. Oh, I like that. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever met a daddy dominant that was also like an actual sadist. So how does that how do you balance those things? Oh, well, I I mean, there is, like you said, there's definitely some balance involved. Um, For example, my my primary partner, my wife, is not necessarily, um, she does enjoy pain, but she's not like what you would consider, you know, like a a pain slot, like just go to town on, etc. So some of my my more twisted um, side of my sadism, you know, maybe wouldn't necessarily come out with her. Um, that would maybe be reserved for uh, more people that just want just, you know, mindlessly hurt. And, of course, there, there are plenty of those people. Um, it, it's all, uh, all a spectrum of preferences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to, to enjoy pain or to enjoy inflicting pain even. Um, it's just, you know, how that kind of syncs up with, you know, however you're playing with at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so then let's back up a little bit. Um, what initially drew you to kink and how did you find out that you were a sadist? Um, so I discovered kink actually uh, completely accidentally. Um, I was um, with, with an old partner. We were actually browsing just for a hookup um, on the old, uh, like the Craigslist personals. <laughs> And uh, we found, um, you know, some checks. She was looking for a threesome, etc. Seemed good, so we're just kind of asking her, you know, what you into? Like, I kind of get a feel for her. And um, she sends us uh, her, basically a link to her fetish list on FetLife. 
<laughs> so uh, that was a an interesting discovery. I think maybe about three or four days later, I ended up at uh, first munch and stuff like that, and kind of discovered the community from there. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, I guess I've always been uh, kind of kinky as far as at least being dominant, always at least in the bedroom. Um, always been into you know like spanking, choking, just kind of rough, you know, sex in general. Um, which I don't think uh, you really even realize necessarily isn't quite as vanilla as you know a lot of people would think. Like uh, a lot of people would think that's you know wild. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's really it's, it's kind of crazy like that. Um, but yeah, I've always been kind of dominant as far as that. Um, as far as sadism, um, I mean, I don't know. Just when I started going to events, I started seeing people, you know, being hurt um, and kind of watching that joy that it was bringing both you know, the top and the bottom in that situation. Uh, it just mm-hmm. seemed like a uh, kind of rush of chemicals and endorphins there that just seemed like something I had to chase. And uh, here we are. <laughs> and uh, how long have you been in the kink community as a top that uh, administers the impact play <laughs> at random events? <laughs> uh, um, so I think I have been... Um, recklessly hurting people for uh i mean <laughs> i think i've been in the scene about eight and a half give or take years at this point um a little over eight years at least um and pretty much that entire time i think it was my first ever munch was a rope event and then oh. the second was actually the uh wet munch at renegades and oh. at that one i met a couple Really cool sadist tops that are still um, pretty close to today. And, uh, yeah, very quickly fell down that rabbit hole of uh, <laughs> how much fun pain can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, that's a little bit how – that's like how we met. <laughs> we met at an event. <laughs> at a gangbang. And of course, of you, course. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if I was asking you to, to get spanked or if I had seen you spanking somebody else and I was just like, that looks interesting. You had a whole bag of stuff. Like, you're uh, like, I got. Oh, yeah. I always uh, never leave home without the trusty suitcase of goodies. Um, <laughs> I believe that particular time, I think you may have been asked, you may have been uh, asking to be spanked. Yeah. Because uh, those possible. particular parties, um, I know I'm sort of, uh, or was at least a sort of uh, informal house top. Um, when definitely yeah. people were looking for someone, they usually came and found me out somewhere and, you know, dragged me out from my wealth of knowledge. Um, so yeah. I believe that time you may have been looking for someone. Yeah. And yeah, that's just, that's how it happened. Yeah. We met in there, um, had a nice little kind of warm up scene, got to know each other a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Was faking me. It was awesome <laughs> and very hot. But I remember it specifically because your your primary, your wife, was also there. And she was holding my head, like, just so sweetly. Like, you know, this is your, your first spanking out, baby. You know, and I was just like, oh, you know. And then, um, and then let me think. What else? Yeah, she's such a sweetheart for that. She loves to just ease people into the misery. I Oh, it was great. Oh, I said something. I said, you asked me what my boundaries were. Like, you know, you're a very good top. So you're like, you know, let, let's test your pain. <laughs> but like, you yeah, she's, um, she's definitely a little, little bit on both sides of the spectrum there. Like she is definitely mostly masochistic, but um, uh-huh. if she's around someone that's super subby and there's that real like strong bottom energy going on, especially during the scene, if I'm, you know, topping someone, then she definitely, um, she, she can get a little sadistic herself for sure at times. 
Oh, that's hot. Oh, that's hot. Yeah, I remember she told me you can't like because she you asked me what my boundaries were and I said I don't have any or many and she was like you can't say that to a sadist. Oh like, yeah, that, that's um that's right under <laughs> there under uh, things like oh is that it or are you tired this evening that I'll they're, they're just gonna get you in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I got into the best kind of trouble, and so <laughs> that was fun. Um, so then, okay, so you said that she's kind of on the, like, both sides. So how does that work? Like, do you guys, do you guys talk together sometimes? Like, how does that sort of work in your relationship? Yeah, that that's typically, you know, only when it would come out, um, as, you know, she was kind of, like, caught up in someone with me. Um, and we have yeah. done that quite a few times. Um, when we're playing together, it's, it's more, you know, one-sided. I don't really, I'm not really so much of a masochist myself. Um, I mean, I have a really high pain tolerance. I just don't so much get the uh, enjoyment aspect of it. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, not my cup of tea. So, yeah, it's more when we're caught up in someone, if it, especially someone that's, like, really subby or um, or someone that's, you know, shown, you know, very clear interest in both of us, something like that. Yeah. So then what kind of sadist are you? Like, I know there's different, there's different kinds of sadists. Hmm. Is there a specific type you label yourself? Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty broad with it. I don't really like to put a label on my sadism itself. Um, it's very much catered to, you know, the other person. Uh, can be, you know, nice and gentle, warm up slow, you know, have a good time, yeah. nice and relaxing, almost like a professional massage. Or, you know, it can be tears and screams and mascara running everywhere and, you know, claw marks, all the good stuff. Oh, hmm. Well, we know how much of a pain slut I am. I was just like, oh, interesting tears running. <laughs> You're like, well, That's the water option does sound quite fascinating, actually. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, okay, so then, like, um, so when it comes to, like, administering pain, what is your... Like, what is the your favorite kind of pain to administer? Like, is it a, a type of pain that you like, or is it, like, a, a reaction that you're looking for? Hmm, that's a tough question. So, I wouldn't say necessarily there's a specific type of pain in particular. Um, I definitely do lean towards uh, kind of edge play. I do, like, my electric uh, knives, needles, stuff like that. Um... There are just obviously a larger amount of endorphins involved in those kind of plays. Um, mm-hmm. Just very thrilling, a lot of adrenaline and stuff on mind also. Um, but I wouldn't say there's really, you know, a specific type. Um, recently, I have, you know, been, uh past couple of years, very much enjoying more the psychological aspect sometimes the uh the mental pain of the anticipation and things like that can almost be worse than the actual physical pain hmm. really toying with someone psychologically during a scene can definitely have some fun little results yeah yeah oh can you give me like an example of the psychological because i mean i've i definitely encountered a sadist that's mentioned that he was like a psychological sadist and i was like that sounds terrifying <laughs> So, like, what's an example that you have? Um, so there's a couple examples. So, for example, uh, if you're given a task during a scene, um, mm-hmm. something to read or to count the hits 
or something to keep balanced on yourself and not drop while you're being hit, something like that that you know may result in a less desirable type of pain or a less desirable punishment in general if you you know you fail to you meet the standards of these tasks or challenges um <laughs> things like that that really they kind of get all those synapses firing at the same time as well as the anticipation of the pain itself you've got kind of that fear and you know you're, you're trying to focus on something else and it, it can really just uh really get the nerves popping <laughs> that sounds that sounds really really fun <laughs> oh man oh yeah so then wait does that does, you kind of sound like a brat tamer that's <laughs> That sounds like things a brat tamer would say. Well, well, my wife's a massive brat, so I mean, <laughs> that 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 tracks. <laughs> sounds just like a brat tamer. She says, "As that sounds just like me." <laughs> sounds like my fucking job description. Those some, right? Those are some really good, some good punishments. I wrote, I wrote some of those down for later. Don't, don't, don't lie you... on the podcast, sweetie. She's over here trying to say that she's a good girl. Oh, oh no, 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 We know no, that's no. not true. We know that's not We're happening. <laughs> it's not why to oh, the nice so end on this. You know? Okay. So then, okay. So then does your, does your sadism, like, does it take a back seat to your dominance? Like, cause you did say you're more like a daddy dominant and, mm. and so like your sadism sort of backs, backs up a little bit. Um, yes and no. As far as the, the balance between daddy dominant and sadism, it would be more, um, at least in my case, it's going to be different for every single person. Obviously everyone has a unique relationship. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a unique dynamic that they works good for them. Um, personally for me, the sadism is more of an end scene type of thing um it does straight out you know here and there but the daddy dom part of it is you know 24 7 yeah right okay so then so then you guys have your lifestyle and it's like a 24 a 24 7 lifestyle there's no like really end to the daddying no no like those those not like she's not always going to be in little space or anything like that but i'm always gonna Mm. you know pamper her and kind of treat her like a princess and you know, protect her and uh, just the uh, the dynamic that we have yeah that's that's a constant yeah oh you guys are so lucky to have found each other so sweet um okay so then let's see so then as a like so she's not always a masochist but what like are there is, is there like a specific trigger or it, like do you guys have like a conversation about what you're going to be doing in the scenes or are you guys, do you guys know, know each other so well at this point that she just has to say a certain thing or you have to just say a certain thing to like get in the roles? Like how's that Oh yeah, if she's definitely, if she's going to be, um, like I said, like caught up and with me or getting dominant. It's not really something that's necessarily so much spoken, obviously briefly discussed with the person themselves to make sure it's okay, consent and all that. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as between us, we just kind of, yeah, we just kind of know we have, that connection I can tell when she's kind of in the mood for it and I just kind of give her that look and she knows it's time to come beat some ass with me um but that's only honestly 10% of the time like 90% of the time she's purely submissive and pretty masochistic um not just not like super pain slotty but like she loves pain in her own way her own level that makes sense. So I just want to back up for two seconds because I know a lot of listeners are are going to hear this and, and you said that consent, like you, you as a husband and wife, you still ask for consent. 
especially in kink situations, right? That's great. I feel like a lot of people are very confused about consent, especially in a relationship. Um, at least in my experience, like <laughs> having to, as a single person trying to navigate kink, like I feel like consent, we always have those conversations, but in the relationships I've been in that were kink related, the consent conversation was kind of lost. So I feel like it's important that you guys are in like a very healthy relationship that involves kink, but you're always asking for consent. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Even in any dynamic um, or any relationship, honestly, you, you have to have a high level of communication. That's going to be your main, your your um, basically your win condition for that relationship is going to yeah. be good communication first and foremost, because that then leads and opens out to been able to discuss these things, been able to properly communicate back and forth what you need, what you like, what you don't like, something too hard, yeah. is it too light, is it too often, is it not often enough, um, you know, things like that. I, I feel it's, uh, it's very much something that you have to nail down before it's the groundwork to, you know, any any other building blocks that you're going to put on top of there. But if it's, you know, something we've done a handful of times, then, yeah, obviously we're not going to sit and have a discussion about it. But if it's something new, if it's someone else we're playing with, anything like that, then, yeah, even though we're in a relationship, mm-hmm. we're married, etc., there's going to be a discussion about it. We're going to, you know, work out exactly where we're both at with it to make sure we're both on the same page completely. Um, so as far as consent, that's that's what I meant. Is there's always there's always going to be, you know, that, that conversation to make sure that we're both exactly on that same wavelength before we do anything. Yeah, no, I love that. I just feel like um, a lot of times people think when they hear statist, when they hear like BDSM and they hear like, you know, those kinds of terms, they assume that like consent isn't involved. (laughs) For some reason, they think that, you know, you aren't having these conversations and communication isn't as important. Like basically you say whatever and she just does whatever. Yeah, and then that's not how it goes. Unfortunately, you know, BDSM and kink has so little coverage in the media that unfortunately the little representation uh, sorry representation we do have are uh, you know it's going to be things like you know 50 shades of gray and things that also almost you know strengthen or support solidify that image of like yeah you just you're the dom you just take it and like that's how you end up with new people that don't know any better coming into the scene and acting like predators because they they've seen the movies that show them that that's how BDSM is and like no it, it's it's so complex. There's, there's an hour of conversation before 10 minutes of play usually, you know. It's not, it, it's <laughs> yeah. very different from how it's portrayed. But once you get into that, you know, methodology and you get into that kind of system of things, especially when you develop a longer term partner, those conversations, of course, are going to become mm-hmm. shorter and shorter. Those things that you already know how he or she or they, are, you know, like exactly and what they don't like and what order they like things and things like that. And it becomes, oh, you want to play? Okay, cool scene you know no conversation whatever because you've got that all established already but you know uh, without all that groundwork like you're never really gonna get the most productive scenes yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense okay so like i feel like this question's kind of weird but how deep down the pain rabbit hole like have you gone like what's what's this i guess the most interesting thing that you've How done deep to another down person the pain rabbit hole of a gun well i had someone yeah. walk into a party one time and then about 30 seconds later leave because he was pretty sure he was witnessing a violent crime um i was mid-scene with um 
someone that came to the party. It wasn't our first time there. I feel like it was a second. We had played decently the first time. Um, pretty, beat us pretty bad, um, but not like insane. But sh- she was super, super pencilet. Um She comes back to the second party. She wants to play. We start this scene. We're maybe about 10, 15 minutes into this scene. Now, at this point, I'm already, you know, like, choking her, throwing her around, full-on, like, punching her, kicking her, like, as I'm going to town, doorbell rings, <laughs> so the door knocks or whatever. So I pick her up by the hair, and I drag her across to behind the door, <laughs> slam her into the wall, and open the door, like, from behind the door, gesture the guy in, you know, come on in, buddy. Um... He walks in, I immediately close the door, throw her back on the floor in front of him on her face and, you know, continue to just lay about her. Well, now, granted, this entire time she is like, I'll ask her if she's had enough and she'll like turn around and spit in my face or like she'll be like, oh, you must be fucking exhausted tonight. Like she, I cannot beat this girl hard enough without physically fucking killing her. She is, if you go into Home Depot and you look at the color chart of purples and blacks, that was her entire, like from the knees to the waist, like was that fucking color. And she was still just like talking back, just giving me mad abuse. Like it, it was great. It was a really fun scene. But yeah, that guy, um, when he witnessed that, like he, the color drained out him, like he had just seen Casper, like not so friendly ghost. And uh, he got the fuck back out of there pretty quickly, just, uh, I think, just like plausible deniability or something in case you died. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard some of the, I've heard something like that too. Like, not exactly that situation, but another situation where somebody walked in and this, this person um, had requested that that somebody put a bag over their head, like, oh, over their yeah. head and, like, beat the shit yeah, out of them. Yeah, I was there for that one, too. That was fun. <laughs> the person that recommended like, the bag like, on their head and beat him. <laughs> yeah! That was a good night. Terrifying. That was a good night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so you've gone pretty far down this Oh, yeah, I, I think hole. I got to the bottom at some point and kept digging. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> um, but you don't have a favorite tool? Or, or a favorite tool? Favorite I absolutely tool? have a favorite tool, yeah. Um, it is called the yeah. Ouchie Stick. And it is a tiny, is very, very thin um, carbon fiber rod. And you can oh. bend it to about a little over 90 degree angle and let go of it. And it will snap back and essentially... Um, yeah. It'll leave a mark, a fully formed mark, in about six to seven seconds. Like, full, like, deep purple stripe. Yeah. Um, it, of course, sounds... needless to say, hurts like a bitch. Um, but that's like, my favourite toy. Yeah. Um, actually, that, the person I was talking about just a minute ago, she took a solid, like, ten minutes of that thing. She was, she was like, zebra stripes of purple on her ass. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm, I'm less stingy pain, way more into thuddy pain, but I think that's because, like, I'm kind of, like, I like pain, but, like, only the kind of pain that feels good. Like, if it's yeah, actually you know, I, I very much look at it, like, um, thuddy pain is more of yeah. a pleasurable pain because it's typically easy for your, your brain to process in comparison to stingy. Yeah. Whereas stingy mm-hmm. is um, more of a kind of punishment feeling pain. Um, so it's like yeah. stingy is more like you've done something wrong, you know. Um, that's why um, obviously whips and things like that just uh, 
play very much into obviously the harder side of masochism because you can go a lot harder with Stingy, a lot easier um, than you can with Thuddy, obviously. Yeah, I never get like the very cute marks because I like Thuddy pain. And for me, Thuddy, like I'm hard to bruise. <laughs> when it comes to thuddy pain. I'm sure with stingy pain, it wouldn't be so difficult. Oh, uh, yeah, like... yes. Thuddy, especially <laughs> if you don't bruise easily to begin with, thuddy can be uh, kind of difficult. Yeah, but it is fun. I enjoy getting spanked a lot, but I haven't had that. I think I think somebody tried a plastic, I think it was, yeah, I think somebody tried like a plastic paddle on me one time and like it hurt so quickly <laughs> so quickly and so much and I was like yeah we're gonna move back to wood or anything else because <laughs> yikes um but let's see here um so like okay so I mentioned earlier that as a good top <laughs> a great top uh you you test people's boundaries in like a little bit of time like you say you you guys negotiate you know whoever you're doing a scene with so how do you test the pain waters of another person um, well, I mean, it depends. A uh, pretty easy one, um, if you're already, you know, having a scene with that person, is uh, like you would with anything else that you haven't done before, is just, you know, start off nice and slow, nice and easy. Um, kind of gauge where someone's at. So, for example, I'll give someone a pretty light hit. I'll ask them, you know, out of 10, you know, zero being the lightest possible hit you could imagine getting, 10 being the most pain, you know, where was that? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was a three. Where would you like to be at? Oh, you'd like to be at a five. Okay, well, let's, <laughs> you know, work up from that three. We'll start with repetitive threes and we'll, we'll build that up to the five. And then once I get to the five, I'll, you know, okay, what about the five now? Where, where's that? Does that feel good? You know, you want a lot more? Is this where mm-hmm. you want to be? Like, uh, a lot of people don't realize that the bottom of the submissive um, very much guides the scene despite the control you know, technically being in the hands of the dominant or the top. Um, in a mm-hmm. larger aspect, it's very much in control of the submissive because they're always going to be the one that decides when to go, when to stop, how hard, how soft, you know. Um, so it is really very much in their hands. But I like to kind of gauge like that, just kind of see where they're at on a scale and then, you know, where they think they would like to be. And then we'll work up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, once you're there, as long as you're checking in continually, now if someone starts to... Um, you know, you don't want to get fully into it to where someone's going to get, you know, not even so much just not responsive, but to someone's going to get too spacey. As soon as someone's spacey, they're no longer going to be given informed consent because at that point you are under the influence of chemicals, you know, even if it's just endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, things like that. Um, you are technically under the influence of a chemical, so you are more susceptible to saying yes to something than you would be before. Um, so at that point, you actually mm-hmm. can't give informed consent. So you do definitely want to, you know, start slow, one hit with there, and then just a couple da 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 building up, and then you know you don't want to start getting too much into the scene until you work out the maximum they want to go because you don't want to push them at the point where they're spacey because that's then the point where they might think they want to go further than they actually do and then after the scene you know after the you know dolphins wear off they realize oh that went a bit hard like i didn't actually want that so yeah that's something that a lot of new people you know may end up making mistakes like that so we want to definitely avoid things like that and just make sure that you're getting as much information from them prior to it and then kind of gauging it as quickly as possible once you're in the scene 
So the negotiate the negotiations that you enter into, they include like a safe word and things like that. But you said when when people get spacey, it's kind of like like because they're under the influence of all those, you know, natural chemicals, but it's still like in their bloodstream and everything that like it's hard for them like it would be very difficult to consent so do you what are the tells of somebody like because you're you're spanking them or whatever so like how do you know if somebody's like kind of getting into that spacey place oh um, i mean it's fairly easy to tell honestly for a lot of people especially if you you know and in this case especially you gauging where someone's at pain wise more often than not it's going to be a newer person to the scene um, someone that's been in this in a long time is going to usually be able to tell you a lot more accurately right off the bat. Um, so with someone that's new to the scene and haven't really experienced, you know, subspace, bottom space a lot, um, it, it's going to be fairly evident. It, it's honestly going to look pretty drug-like. Like, you can you can look like you're just kind of glossy a little bit, um, distractible, very just kind of cheery, like um almost like you would look on like a very low dose of you know some sort of upper um that like it, mm. it's very um honestly the the endorphin levels you can actually attain even from a small amount of you know impact play or something similar to like that um it's, it's pretty readable on someone if you know what you're looking for nice nice okay and um i do have a question i'm just gonna go back to something you said about the the submissive or the bottom having most of the power in the scene, all the power basically, because you can, you work within That's their actually, boundaries. Yeah. Um, so when you, as a, as a person who deals with like brats and stuff, like what do you, what is the difference between somebody bought like doming from the bottom and like uh, saying that a, like a bottom or a submissive is, is in control. Like those are two different things i feel like yeah yeah so topping from the bottom would be more um more the way the active role that the top would generally take in the scene um the bottom would be doing a lot of those the only things that the top would necessarily be doing would be the actions themselves you know the hat and etc um but it would be more like okay this one like that okay that toy da, da, da. like you can tell that there's just a a kind of bossy or feel if someone's talking from the bottom um when i was talking more about the control being in the hands of the bottom or of the submissive uh, it was more just along the lines of uh the harder softer um safe words obviously is you know control of you know when to slow down when to stop um typically Typically, the traffic light system is, you know, the easiest way to do safe words. Um, safe words in themselves as a construct shouldn't really be necessary in a good scene um, because you should always have them, but you should um, a lot of times, you know, be able to communicate in other ways with, you know, other words more specifically. Um now it's, it's great to have a, a kind of feel safe something to fall back on um a lot of the time you'll be having you know more specific concise you know feedback if you will uh during the play than you know safe words um that can more accurately direct it um however they are definitely a necessity to have there yeah perfect yeah that's cool 
Um, I just, I, I feel like I have to ask because like, as a person who has, who is a brat and has, you know, recently switched over, like I could switch now. So I've actually learned how to dom and I've administered some pain myself. And I definitely thought about you when I was, when I was doing so, when I was like trying to set up a scene and everything. And I was like, what would um, and I, I did, I scared the, the, well, he wasn't scared, but I definitely like fulfilled the fantasy. So thank oh, you. you're most welcome. <laughs> but, you, uh, one of the things I really love about the scene is teaching people. Um, I can think of probably half a dozen tops or whatever that I kind of met maybe the first or second event and they were super curious and obviously, like you said, I always roll in with a suitcase full of stuff. So when someone has questions, they'll sometimes <laughs> kind of just magnetize towards me because I kind of look like I know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, yeah. there's definitely been a handful of people who have kind of <laughs> taught, you know, the the kind of basics, the first steps there. And then maybe like a year, two years, four years later, I'll show up at an event and I'll see them there with their like matching floggles, Florentine and someone. And it's like, that's kind of like a proud parent moment, you know? <laughs> like, oh, they've grown up so much. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> they grow up so fast these days. My little kinkster. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so let's talk about the bag. Let's talk about all your things. So, like, how how did you choose your bag of of tools and tricks? Like, what 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 did you look for? What did you love? And if you have any companies that like produce like really great floggers or anything like that, let me know so I can put that in the description box so everybody can take a take a look, especially for like rope and leather yeah, goods. Yeah, totally. You have them. Um. So. As far as the bag, wow, the bag's almost a whole podcast in itself. Um, so I have I have two. <laughs> I have one that's all mainly impact stuff, fully. And then I have another one that's mm. all like the edgier pain type of stuff, the electric, the knives, the needles, stuff like that. Um, as far as the oh. impact type bag, it's a kind of just, you know, hodgepodge of everything. I have a handful of sets of floggers in there from all over the place um i have a couple bits and pieces made by uh local toy makers um a couple of them are like presents and things like that or purchases and actually a large portion of my toys i actually made myself um i found this on the web wow cd thanks for that um cd <laughs> is looking all up about toy stores so <laughs> um yeah i made a lot of them probably about 40 to 50 percent of my toys i made myself um some floggers paddles stuff like that um i really enjoy crafting stuff like that actually and the process of starting a small uh, paddle company um where we oh are doing um are you familiar with like acrylic poles and stuff like that well, we yes, are doing um, epoxy covered and varnished um, acrylic pour style paddles, um, custom made with, you know, custom braided handles and stuff like that. Um, you can get engraved into them and things like that. So I'm, I'm actually on the process of starting that up right now. So that's going to be cool. Um, 
it's oh my god it, uh, it's amazing. so much fun i actually have um i'll send you some photos later i have a couple kind of prototypes that we'll start off um one that's just about finished just needs the handle done and then a couple more that i'll we've just started oh recently there um as far as toy makers for rope and leather specifically um for rope i would definitely recommend twisted monk um cannot go wrong with twisted monk rope good jute or hemp rope um that stuff is just going to do you the world of good and for leather um floggers in particular i would definitely check out panther prowls um and that's prowls with a z i believe um he makes some fantastic floggers um appropriately priced for the craftsmanship that goes into them you're definitely not going to pick them up cheap um but he does offer i believe yeah. uh, don't quote me on this if i'm wrong but i think i'm correct um he does offer a lifetime guarantee on his toys so if anything goes wrong with them if it comes unraveled or anything like that um you just contact him with your order number of that item and he'll like fix it for free essentially that's amazing um wow Quick question. So you also, you're a rope top also. Uh, my question is, why haven't you tied me up yet? I mean, like, minus the corona stuff. You know, that that's a fantastic <laughs> question. Um, I'm not actually sure, you know. <laughs> rope's probably um, one of the least of my dabblings. Um, I do, you know, dip my toes and everything a little bit. Um, do tend to lean more toward mm -hmm. the pain side generally. Of course, rope can be painful too. Um, honestly, I just haven't spent a whole yeah. lot of time doing rope in general um it is always something that i've kind of wanted to get into but just sort of never got around to yeah you got distracted by all the pain yeah like yeah i've, I've got plenty of the rope too <laughs> i just haven't spent enough time actually doing it i just too busy like stabbing people and stuff you know that makes sense you know you did mention knife play and needle play a lot so then do you also participate oh, in blood play or is that no, only no, for those specific are partners? like probably my favorite sort of electric knives and needles um i also fuck with Whoa. a little bit of fire play but mostly those three what okay how what how does fire play um work? you can use either um cotton wands um so basically you, you take like a gauze um and stuff it with like a really 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 tight cotton and then you put it on maybe like a like a metal you know pole of some sort you know, some sort of little stick. Um, you dip mm. that in isopropyl alcohol, light it, and there you go. Um, you have a little fire one to play with. Um, that would be a good start. Um, there are certain hair mousses, which are rather flammable. And if you are skillful and creative enough, you can do them in certain patterns so that when the flame gets to the end, it relights the start. And it's just like an eternal loop of fire going around the pattern for a couple minutes. Um... All One thing I would point so cool. out is um, for any other <laughs> listeners that aren't experienced, um, I would definitely do a decent amount of research, go to a class, things like that, before participating in really any mm -hmm. kind of edge play. Um, you know, knives, needles, fire, even things like choking, uh, electric, definitely. Um, make sure you know what you're doing. It's called edge play for a reason, and it is dangerous. Um, if you know what you're doing, and you know you can definitely control and minimize those risks and it becomes i would never say safe but you can definitely make it make it relatively risk-free risk -free, um if you do it 
properly in the correct environment and you're knowledgeable and skilled in what you're doing um but it's definitely not something to just jump into head first you definitely do have to you know have that knowledge before you participate in such a thing but once you get there i mean it's it's a world of fun that's definitely my favorite would be probably needles at this point i would think interesting i actually know somebody who misses needles so you know who knows yeah. about the future when we're able yeah, to see each other again. Yeah, of course, <laughs> with electric too, you can mix that. Needles are very conductive. Oh my goodness, that sounds like fun. Um, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Um, I just want to say that it is super hot. Whenever I hear like a dominant say that he makes his own toys, I love it. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I walk around, um, like Home Depot, as I said, it's paradise if you're a toy maker. Um, Half the IOs in there are just full of toys ready to make. Um, You just need to have the uh, creative eye there to see how it all pieces together. But you you can definitely get a lot more variation in the sensations and the pains, um, kind of localized areas and the specific, you know, amounts that you can really create if you dabble in making your own toys or at least you know using kind of handcrafted stuff yeah yeah i love that i think the weirdest part like the way the reason i know i'm a bottom (laughs) weirdest part of like the weirdest place i've gone where i like randomly was thinking about like if this like what kind of marks this would leave on me i was at a gun store with a friend (laughs) at a well at a gun like range and we were looking around in the store area and I found this like huge belt, very thick leather with like multiple holes in it. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I could get spanked with that. I could do That's it. actually do that, like, um, right hilarious cool. you should say that because I have um, a belt um, that I bought, I believe, I believe I found it at a Goodwill and it's like a silver belt. It's maybe about two inches wide and it has all these mm. little gold eyelets four per row like consecutively all the way along it um so i kind of folded that in half oh. and put a handle on it and now it is a slapper <laughs> oh well it's a little it's a little warm in here <laughs> yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense goodwill huh goodwill's where you go for, uh, for belts especially and a lot of wheeled belts can be turned into very unique toys that's definitely always something to look out for because belts come in so many weird styles and materials and things like that you can create some very unique toys with belts yeah and yeah. somewhere like goodwill obviously you can go pick you know four or five of them up for 20 bucks yeah, that's a that's a great it's a great tip. Kinking on great a budget tip. with some creativity. Um, kinking, kinking on the budget. That should be the name of your podcast. <laughs> kinking on a budget. Follow me. Oh, thrift shopping, Home Depot, kink toy making, <laughs> kinking on a budget. The new podcast. Let's go. Yeah, you know, I used to work at a Home Depot, and so like. <laughs> I mean, I would hope they were accent. I had to hope that they were. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So now, you know, what kind of advice do you have for people who are trying to break into this lifestyle and don't necessarily have a partner or are looking for, you know, that, that 
I guess, the masochist to their sadist? Um, I mean, right now, that's a bit of a tricky question. Typically, what I would say is, obviously, you know, look for a local event. Um, you know, kind of get yourself out there, talk to people. Uh, you know, event hosts are always going to, you know, be willing to give you the rundown, introduce you to people, etc. Um, obviously, right now, with the whole uh, corona thing, that's not quite an option. Uh, there are still virtual events going on, but um, not quite the same, I guess, especially for people that don't know the people already. It can be kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, just kind of, you know, be outgoing but not pushy um definitely don't you know don't ask random people for play don't think what you've seen you know on tv like i said things like 50 shades of gray don't you know ever take that at face value um go into it with an open mind uh don't judge people always always be open um other people's kinks may not be yours but that's okay you know just just let it be we're all we all have our whatever we do to get our rocks off and some someone may think your kink is fucking weird or nasty or whatever but you know they may think the same as yours and you, you really shouldn't be saying it to each other um apart from that just yeah do a little bit of research don't you know definitely don't be creepy no you know kind of do a little bit of reading beforehand and then when you can get to events and things like that just uh yeah go talk to the host let them know you're new and you know, they'll kind of introduce you to people and you'll get to know your local community. And, you know, once you get to know, start making friends in the kink community and start going to, you know, other events and start making those connections, um, you know, something will generally, you know, come naturally of it. You don't, don't go into it looking specifically for that connection because if you're pushing too hard to find that one thing, mm -hmm. you might look right past it and someone that, maybe you know a friend that turns into that or something like that um definitely just you know go into it with open mind and just have fun your learning process and then you know just let things happen naturally yeah naturally that's important um so then okay so what's your favorite your favorite thing about impact play or administering pain like you mentioned needles but is there like a favorite like I guess feeling like how do you like a feeling that you get from it or like an accomplishment um, my thing? favorite thing about it um honestly my favorite thing of the whole thing isn't even it isn't even the pain it isn't even like one of the specific processes it's the the overall pleasure that it causes at the end game it's, it's the happiness and the other person's happiness mm. Hmm. at the that end of the day like sense. the pain's great and all but that <laughs> is you know for the duration of the play like but the at the end goal is of course for everyone to have a good time and if the other person had a good time then I had a good time you know yeah uh, yeah that's that's very much you yeah it makes sense um yeah that, I, I feel like um being a dominant can be sometimes like not not as self-serving as lots of people think it is because you're so focused on the the bottom or the submissive and so it's more like a it's more like a pleasing you know like you're doing what they want and that's i, I guess afterwards that's the that's the joy i got out of it anyway was that i i made this person feel a certain way and that was all like me within their boundaries made them feel safe but also able to lose control absolutely kind of absolutely yeah. that's also something very rewarding and that yeah
Yeah. Well, um, that is all the questions I have. Accent, you are amazing. And oh, so well, is your lovely you wife. Both of us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I hope that we get to hang out at some point. Yeah, yeah. If, if people years, can uh, start developing <laughs> the wondrous uh, anomaly known as common sense, which unfortunately doesn't appear to be all too common at all, yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully we can all venture out into a somewhat normal <laughs> world before... I don't know, the cockroaches outlast us all or something. <laughs> Maybe yeah. one day. It's fine. We'll like see. 20, 30 years from now, we'll be sitting telling our, you know, our children or grandchildren about like the great corona pandemic of 2020. <laughs> My God. And all the toilet paper was gone. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, thank you for coming on. And um, is there anything that you'd like to promote? Or is, well, I know you're, you're opening that store soon. Give me that information so I can make sure I share it. And, um, yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah, yeah, thank absolutely. You so much for um, hanging out. Yeah, I don't really have anything set up for it formally online yet. Um, but I will, I'll be posting updates on my okay. actual fat life when it's, you know, open and ready. That'll just be, you know, fat life slash accent. Okay. Well I will definitely right, for sure. I'll definitely be looking. All right. Oh no problem myself. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks again. Bye. Happy birthday against your podcast. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. <laughs>